Notes from the Fun Factory. One. I got a gig today as a writer on a kid's TV show. I've never done much of that kind of work, but I figure it'll be a good way to make some quick money without taking too much time away from my novel. The timing was crucial because last week I started reusing paper towels. I wasn't sure if the people at the show were going to call it off, frankly. I didn't think the interview went especially well. It was just the producer and me, and the whole time I was talking about my work experience, he kept leaning back in his air-on chair. So why do you want to write for children's television? I leaned away from him and scanned my brain for an answer, then mumbled, well, I like children, and I like television. That was followed by 30 seconds of dead air. So I was surprised when they called and offered me the contract. Two, this is the sweetest setup I've ever had. It's like a playhouse for adults. Everyone is really friendly. The women in the front office are beautiful. The whole staff is very enthusiastic about the show. The target audience is four to six-year-olds. It's all puppets, a bear, a pig, a rabbit, and so on, shot against a cheesy-looking computer-animated forest. The truth is, I was a little nervous about the whole thing at first. They take this stuff very seriously. But it is four to six-year-olds, I'm thinking. So how hard can it be? Three. My first table read. The puppeteers sit around the lunch table on the set and give your script a cold read while the producer sits back and makes notes. He seemed pretty happy with the script, but one of the puppeteers, the guy who works the pig puppet, came up to me afterwards with a line of dialogue circled in red. He said Giblet, not the puppet's real name, wouldn't say that. Well, I told him, I was thinking we could add another dimension to Giblet's character. Maybe give him a bit of an agenda, I said with a wink. He looked at me soberly. Giblet doesn't have an agenda, he said. Four. I was hoping to inject a little politics into the show. I pitched an episode where the pig and the donkey are running in competition for a vaguely defined treasury position in the computer-animated forest. It all would have devolved into a mad scramble for power. It may be a subliminal lesson for the kids about how not to let hot-button social issues distract you from your true class interests. But the producer got hung up on a small plot point that turned on the rabbit getting a pair of running shoes. Rabbits don't wear shoes, he said with a smirk. That got a chuckle from the new kid they hired as script assistant. Well, I pointed out, he's wearing a vest. The vest is part of his character, the producer said solemnly, and the script assistant made a note. Five. The pressure to crank out scripts is beginning to build. We're two weeks behind the shooting schedule and everybody looks stressed. My back has been going into spasms whenever I hunch over my desk to bang out puppet dialogue. Plus, I've been so wired at night, knowing how much work I have to do, I started taking Ambien to get to sleep. Sylvia, one of the other writers, suggested it. The only drawback, she said, is that after using it for a while, you start to feel a little surly by the next afternoon. Like you could eat glass, she said. Six. Last night, a woman at a party asked me what I do. Writing, I told her. What kind of writing? Well, I said, I'm working on a novel. Nothing. Her eyes glazed over as if I just said I scraped gum off movie theater seats. But right now, I added, I'm also writing for a children's television show. Her face suddenly came alive. Really, she said, that must be fun. Yes, I said, warming to her enthusiasm and throwing in a knowing nod. It's fun, but it's a lot of work. Seven. I am a puppet god. My third script went over fantastically at the table read. The puppeteers hammed it up shamelessly, a sign that the script crackles with energy. 
Even the producer, notoriously stingy with compliments, made a point of saying how much he liked it. Eight. I think the ambient is starting to catch up with me. One of the other writers spilled coffee on today's find-a-word puzzle, and I wanted to rip his face off. Meanwhile, I've been editing scripts on the floor all week, flat on my back. It's the only way I can keep the muscle spasms from starting up again. At today's table read, the producer almost stepped on my head. I was lying on the floor behind one of the puppet maker's workbenches when he came bounding in to deliver the script. It was a freelance submission by his wife, a marketing executive at Bed Bath & Beyond, who, we were told, has a terrific story since. 9. Two weeks until we wrap for the season. I've never worked so hard in my life. I don't know if I'll even make it two more weeks. I'm determined not to quit, though. I've decided that if it comes to it, I'm going to make them fire me. One thing's for sure. I'll never take a job like this again. I'd rather scrape gum off movie theater seats. 10. Made it to the end. And you know what? I could see doing this again. Today was the wrap party for the season, and I wasn't going to go. I was trying to sneak out a side door when I ran into a pack of puppeteers and got herded along. It turned out to be more fun than I expected. For one thing, the women in the front office made it a celebration of the writers. They had us wear crowns made out of newspaper and number two pencils and stand for group photos in the middle of the restaurant. And the cute girl who works the droopy puppet came over and told me how much she liked the way I fleshed out his character. You made him more than some dysfunctional donkey, she said. After a couple of hours at the open bar, even the puppeteer for Giblet pulled me aside. We've had our differences, man, he told me, but I respect you, because you respect the puppet. At the end of the night, the producer and I shared a drunken toast to one another's talent. Then he gave me an awkward hug and told me about another project he's got in the works that he thinks I'd be perfect for. It's about an extended family of vowels who play winter sports and, from what I can tell, live in a sort of dyslexic alpine village. He asked me if I thought that sounded interesting. It does, I told him. It definitely does. I definitely think it does. Doug Cordell is an Emmy-nominated television writer, essayist, and radio performer living in the Bay Area. This piece, Notes from the Fun Factory, is adapted from a forthcoming novel. It was produced by Jamie DeWolf and Anna Sussman. You are listening to Snap Judgment, and to hear more stories, visit snapjudgment.org.